Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is VEASAN's College Basketball Betting Podcast. Here is your host, Tim Murray. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast. It's going to be a busy feed, and uh, no better time to do it than the NCAA tournament. Each day from here on out this week, you will have something in this feed, and we will be breaking down each region with best bets. We'll take a look at the region futures as well. And uh, to do it here with the West region, we'll break it down with Mr. Matt Humans, host of VSIN tonight. And uh, just a reminder, I guess, Matt, you can uh, have the floor here. Two days left or two uh, challenges left in the VSIN Circa College Hoops Challenge. Uh, so, Update the people on, on where we stand and what's left and uh, when they can hear that. Wednesday night, we will have the uh, picks for Thursday's first round games. We're going to do that at, again, uh, the final hour of the v Tonight Show, which would be 8 p.m. Pacific. And then Thursday night, we will have the picks for the final round of the contest, which will be Friday's NCAA games. And we'll do that at 8 p.m. Pacific. So yeah, I had a lot of questions about that. Obviously, we could not do... The contest last week, because of how the lines uh, aren't available for most of the games during conference turning week on Saturday. So, obviously, the uh, final two rounds are going to be Thursday and Friday. And, Tim, if you win this contest and you don't invite Wes Reynolds to uh, your cabana at Stadium Swim, he is going to be personally insulted. I will tell you this, if I win, and uh, I still don't believe I will because I'm expecting an 0-10 performance <laughs> on Thursday and Friday, 
Um, if I win, everybody's invited. Uh, everybody that uh, was in the contest, if they can make it, it's, uh, it's been awesome. It's been awesome though. Uh, it's been a fun thing to be a part of. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate to go five and zero on March 4th, the last uh, day of the regular season. And so did Wes Reynolds, Will Hill and Aaron Moore. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, wasn't, uh, it was, uh, it was good for the listeners. And, uh, you mentioned those days, we will take the final hour of Matt and Wes's show. We'll clip that off. All 50 picks from all 10 handicappers will be in this feed on Thursday morning for the Thursday games, Friday morning for the Friday games. So we'll have a lot of picks for all of you guys to listen to. So, Matt, we're going to start with the West region here. And I guess it doesn't matter because you could have listened to the Midwest first. But we're going to start with the West. And uh, I guess before we go game by game, Biggest takeaway about this region? Oh, the West is loaded. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's hard to believe that Kansas, which has by far the most quad one wins, got stuck in a West region with number two UCLA, three Gonzaga, four UConn, uh, let's see, five St. Mary's, six TCU, and you can even go to number eight, eight Arkansas. Arkansas, which can't. Yeah, Kansas could have to deal with Arkansas in the second round. I mean, this is ridiculously stacked region, and that's why when I'm filling out my brackets, you know, at 3 or 4 in the morning last night, Tim, I don't want to pick Bama. I don't want to pick Houston to go to the Final Four necessarily, but they have easy paths to get to uh, the Final Four. So I, I did it. That's that's how my bracket worked out with Alabama and Houston in the Final Four because com- by comparison – Kansas has got to run a gauntlet to get there. And I really don't like the way the Jayhawks are playing going into the tournament. So I gave away, I've got two number one seeds in the final four, which I hate to do. Uh, but I do have Alabama and Houston. I do have a couple non-number one seeds in the other half of the final four, but we can talk about that later. I just can't believe Kansas drew a region that's that difficult. And actually, you know, the, the East is pretty tough too with Purdue on top. Marquette to two, Kansas State three, Tennessee four, Duke five. Duke is playing like a two seed right now. And um, But still, nothing compares to the West. By far the toughest region. I would say East two, South three, and then Houston's probably got the easiest path in the Midwest, the fourth uh, toughest region. Well, Matt, I pointed this out on Twitter, and not that Ken Palm is gospel or anything like that, but we reference his numbers and other uh, analytical sites quite a bit too. Um, But if you look at the Ken Palm rankings, the number one seed of the West, which is Kansas, is the fourth best team, according to Ken Palm. They're ninth. UCLA is second. Obviously, the injury concerns are not baked into the Ken Palm lines there. Gonzaga's eighth, and they've actually been, according to another analytical site, Bart Torvik, the best team in college basketball since January 21st. UConn is fourth. St. Mary's is 11th. And then Arkansas, who we mentioned, is sitting there at 20th. And a team went fully healthy, and who knows about Eddie Lampkin in TCU, uh, you know, they're a team that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people that I respect thought maybe a couple weeks ago when they were full strength can make a run to the final four. So, yeah, I agree. The West is absolutely gauntlet. And maybe uh, it's the committee saying, hey, you got 
Creighton, Providence, who was the worst four seed, like based off of numbers ever last year, and wow. 10 seed Miami uh, on your road to a national championship. So maybe that was uh, uh, the way uh, they looked at it there. Uh, but it is uh, absolutely a, a gauntlet for, for Kansas uh, to get through. And then real quickly, just curious, uh, your handicapping and how you're going to go about it. Bill Self has left the hospital. Uh, I believe a couple stints were put in uh, to clear some some arteries, which is obviously uh, horrifying there for, for Bill Self. But it looks like he's okay. Um, do you account for Bill Self's health uh, at all? and the way you're handicapping this NCAA tournament? Uh, not much. Not much. I mean, I just had my fifth fast food meal of the day, and you're talking about guys with a <laughs> clogged heart arteries. Can we, cha- can we change the subject? <laughs> well, we're glad uh, We're glad the, the in and out went down well uh, for you. Um, all right. Uh, before we jump into game by game of this region, uh, we're going to do the Tuesday night uh, play-in games, the first four, because the 11 versus uh, 11 seed uh, is actually going to be in the Midwest. So actually, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hit that on the Midwest region one. So we'll work through it here. Uh, we do have the Arizona State-Nevada game as part of this region as well, which we could touch on a little bit. Uh, we could just double up on that. But we'll go game by game here, uh, and we'll start with the one seed in Arizona, uh, in Kansas, I beg your pardon, taking on Howard. Uh, this will be a Thursday game uh, at in Des Moines, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And Kansas right now is a 21-point favorite against Howard. Shout out to Howard for my hometown of Washington, D.C. Uh, mm-hmm. First time in the NCAA tournament since 1992. And now they have to face Kansas in Des Moines. So huge number here, Matt. Anything that intrigues you with a total of 145 and a half for the Jayhawks and the Bison? What's the uh, what's the number you see on this? I'm trying to find it right now. 21. Uh, that's it, 21. You know, we talked about this tonight on the Decent uh, Tonight Show. We ran through every game. Dave Rosso said, Wes and I talked about every game. And I, I, I lean towards taking the points with Howard here. I think that, first of all, Kansas is probably going to be a little bit more focused on that second-round matchup because that's not going to be an easy one against Arkansas or Illinois, and I think it's going to be the Razorbacks. And I think Kevin McCuller might sit out this game, Tim. Is that uh, the case? I mean, Wes indicated he thought McCuller might sit out this game, and I think the Jayhawks looked like a tired team late in the season, and uh, that was kind of evident when they got routed by Texas for the second time in two weeks in the Big 12 tournament. The Bison going to be fired up to be here. First NCAA trip since 1992. I was looking at their season. They won 22 games. They opened the season with that 32-point loss at Kentucky, which didn't mean a whole lot. You know, they're talking about November. I don't put a lot on November results. But they can shoot the three. And Elijah Hawkins, the sophomore mm-hmm. guard, 47% from three. Anytime I'm, I'm taking the points – with a big dog, I want a dog that can make three-pointers because that's how you get back into games. That's how you get backdoor covers, things like that. And uh, I think this Howard team's capable. So it's not a bet for me. I got a long list of best bets in the first round. But <laughs> if, I, if I did play this, I would take the 21 with Howard. 
and this will be a sleepy environment, you know, 1 p.m. local tip time there right. uh, in Des Moines. Uh, I agree. I, you know, you're looking at a first half spread of 12. Um, I could be intrigued, maybe taking 12 with Howard in the first half. Is it a sleepy start there for the Jayhawks? Is it, you know, one of those, uh, look, you know, you've been in Vegas longer than I have. One of the more uh, entertaining things to watch is seeing these games tip off. This will be one of the first games of the NCAA tournament. Everybody's there, you know, nestled in with their beers and whatnot, and they're going to take the plus $4 that Howard gets to 15 first. Those are always just entertaining to watch. Uh, Maybe not something you can handicap, uh, but, uh, yeah, I I would look maybe Howard first half. Not a best bet for me, but, um, yeah, uh, an interesting matchup. Excited for Howard. Uh, to be back in this spot. And like you said, uh, Elijah Hawkins is uh, is a fun, fun player to watch. And uh, if you, anyone watched the MEAC championship, uh, they were mm-hmm. down four with like 30 seconds to go and found a way to hit a three, then got a, uh, I think they, uh, Norfolk State turned the ball out of bounds and they were able to get a layup. So a uh, pretty wild finish to the MEAC championship on Saturday. So uh, good for them. Uh, we'll see if uh, they can hang in there for a little bit. On to Arkansas and Illinois and I heard someone talking about this game as the as the ceiling floor game because the ceiling of these two teams is incredibly high and the floor of these two teams is pretty damn low Uh, we've seen that from both of them Um, I know Arkansas I believe is going to be one of your best bets they're laying two and a half here look they're a team that has two lottery picks uh, on their roster uh, in Nick Smith uh, uh, and Anthony Black. So certainly a team that uh, has the capabilities. So uh, Wu Pig Suey here against Illinois, who is as basically Jekyll and Hyde as they come. I don't think the ceiling is that high for Illinois at that point. At this point, it should be higher for the Razorbacks. The Illini, I think, were a lot better in November. They, they picked up wins over what, Texas and UCLA. And UCLA, yeah. You know, if you if you've watched Illinois for the past month, very uninspiring basketball. I think that the potentials there when you're talking about Matthew Mayer and uh, Terrence Shannon, guys who've been there before in the tournament, and they could get it going. But I'm not going to count on that because I've not been impressed what I've seen with uh, the Fighting Illini. I'm still going to keep keep the faith in Eric Musselman despite the Razorback shaky finish to the season, and they blew that double digit lead in the second half and fell to Texas A&M. In the SEC tournament, that was a disappointment. Musselman walks off the court dropping f bombs. Um, <laughs> he's gonna, you know, he's gonna have his players motivated for this game. There's no question about it. And uh, he's finally got Nick Smith back in the backcourt with backcourt with Anthony Black, Devontae Davis, Ricky Council. I think that the ceiling's higher for Arkansas, but this team is so volatile. This is gonna be an entertaining game, probably with a lot of runs and both ways. I went with the Razorbacks right away. I thought after I watched, uh, after they blew the lead in the SEC tournament, Musselman uh, angrily, uh, you know, stormed off the floor. I said, I think I'm going to back him in the in the tournament in the first game. And getting Illinois is not a bad matchup at all. Brad Underwood, another coach I really like, but his team's really stumbling to the finish line here and uh, has lost three of four entering the tournament. Don't really have a true point guard to run the show right now. Arkansas minus two was the first bet I made. I think two and a half out there right now. 
Yeah, two and a half is you want to go money line. You could find a minus 140, pretty much minus 145 uh, across the board. Uh, this is an Arkansas program, Matt, uh, under Eric Musselman, back-to-back Elite Eights. Last year, uh, took out Gonzaga in a pretty impressive Sweet 16 performance. I bet them against Duke. Uh, was not the case. They did not get the cover there, but still back-to-back Elite Eight performances. So, you know, and I would I, – you, know, you look at coaches who people talk about – always seem to underperform in the NCAA tournament, uh, Rick Barnes. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Musselman is a guy that, you know, at his days at Nevada, they had the run to the Sweet 16 where they lost to uh, Sister Jean um, and Loyola. And, you know, in Arkansas, he's shown it. So, you know, backing Eric Musselman to make a run is, is certainly not uh, a terrible thing to do. I agree. Let's move on. <laughs> all right let's get to st mary's and uh, uh vcu this game will be in albany um and it'll be the precursor to uh what the everyone is looking forward to which is yukon and uh iona so we'll get to that game here in just a moment but this will be the early game on friday uh two, two o'clock eastern tip-off in uh in albany and, uh, you know, depending on where you look, it looks like early uh, some folks liking VCU because the last thing we saw from them uh, was the lead into the Big Ten championship. Uh, they were able to overcome a deficit against Dayton. They win that game. And uh, VCU, certainly a team that's got history of runs uh, with Shaka Smart leading the Rams to the final four uh, back in 2006. And then St. Mary's, the last time we saw them, Matt, they were getting embarrassed in Las Vegas against Gonzaga in a 26-point loss. So St. Mary's laying four here against VCU. And I bring up Albany because um, VCU has a phenomenal fan base. And I would anticipate a lot of Ram fans to be in attendance there in Albany, New York on Friday. And someone also brought this up too, that you know when you have these games where a five is playing a 12 or a four is 13, whatever it may be. And they're the early game, Matt. Sometimes you get the fan bases of the following game coming in and cheering hard for the underdog. UConn's like a two and a half hour drive away from Albany. So you might have VCU and UConn fans in there cheering against St. Mary's. So I don't think it's going to be an easy environment. Travel's not ideal either uh, for the Gales, but Last year, I'll say this, St. Mary's in a 5-12 game took on Indiana as just a two-and-a-half-point favorite and absolutely mopped the floor with the Hoosiers who were coming off that first four victories. So all that being said, do you like the dog here in VCU or are you looking at the favorite? Yeah, that was an Indiana team that won in the first four and really had no gas in the tank, went out to the West Coast and got blown out. I was on St. Mary's in that game. I am not on St. Mary's here. I've thought this was one of the most overrated teams in college basketball all season because Ken Palm had St. Mary's in the top 10. Uh, I never thought St. Mary's was anywhere near that good. I got St. Mary's as a fringe, like top 20, top 25 team. And uh, the last time we saw the Gales, they were getting, they were down about 40 to the Zags in Vegas in the West Coast Conference Tournament, which really didn't surprise me all that much. And you know what? St. Mary's a very limited offensive team. And they don't handle pressure real well. And if you don't handle pressure real well against teams like BYU and Gonzaga, who aren't really good at pressuring, how are you going to handle VCU? 
Also, I think this is a really difficult draw in Albany, New York for St. Mary's. You travel across the country and you got to take on this VCU team that plays a much different style. Uh, I, I like uh, the Rams. And um, UConn, you might want to be careful what you wish for here because uh, I think VCU is a tough matchup. I'm, this is not one of the first plays I put out, but I'm going to bet this before the fours disappear. I'm seeing a couple three-and-a-halves out there. I think it's going to stick four because there's so much uh, power ratings respect for St. Mary's, which I think is a little bit out of place. I do like Randy Bennett. I think he's a hell of a coach. But I don't think this is one of his uh, best teams, and it's overrated to me. VCU plus four. Yeah, you look at that total, one of the lowest totals, maybe the lowest total of the first round of the NCAA tournament. It's uh, sitting there at 123. Two very, very good defensive teams. Uh, actually, Houston and Northern Kentucky is sitting at 122 and a half, which we'll get to uh, in the Midwest region uh, breakdown. But yeah, I, I think this is a fascinating matchup when you look at two really defensive oriented teams. Uh, you know, uh, St. Mary's, Matt, is a team who doesn't really turn the ball over all that much, right? Uh, I think uh, 16 uh, turnovers a game. And then for VCU, uh, they're number six in the country in turnover percentage. So, yeah, I, I think you look at the style of play that VCU is going to want to play. Uh, slow for St. Mary's, one of the slowest paces uh, in the country. And, uh, you know, right there around what uh, Virginia wants to do, averaging under 60 possessions per game. So uh, this is a fascinating one for me. Um, yeah, I would look at the dog here, and I would even look maybe under a little bit, even though that is a really low total. Um, you know, I think this could be a in the fifties type of game. So, uh, certainly wouldn't be racing to lay points with St. Mary's, especially, you know, on the road, you and I have talked about it, uh, quite a bit. I bet against St. Mary's a bunch this year. I bet on them and was fortunate to get the cover, uh, that overtime win at home against, uh, Gonzaga. But since then I bet against them against BYU twice against Gonzaga. Actually, I didn't bet them in the finale of the regular season like you did. I bet against them against Loyola Marymount. I bet against them in the WCC title game. So, um, yeah, I've been betting against St. Mary's and profiting quite well. So haven't gotten to the window yet. Um, BCU certainly uh, would be the way I would look. And let's get to now the 4-13 matchup in this Midwest region, and that's UConn and Iona. Uh, nine and a half is the number if you like the dog. Nine if you like the favorite. Both are out there. 143 and a half is the total. This will be the uh, bridge type game. This game will start around five o'clock Eastern, Matt, or maybe a little bit before then. So uh, really will end up being kind of an island game in Albany, New York. Both of these schools less than two and a half hours away. Uh, Rick Bettino's uh, last dance so to speak with Iona before he ultimately goes to either St. John's or Georgetown he will be in the Big East next year he'll be facing Kentucky on a regular basis and another team Matt in UConn that uh, the metrics love they are fourth in the country uh, according to Ken Palm right now um, you know they lose to Marquette as a four and a half point favorite in the Big East conference uh, semifinals uh, did have a strong finish to the regular season though and uh, Danny Hurley looking for his first victory as the head coach of UConn in the NCAA tournament. So UConn's a team pretty good on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, top 20 in offensive and defensive efficiency. But Iona's a team that hasn't lost since a, a road game on a Friday night 
against Siena has run the, that was in January. Uh, they've run the table since they've got one of the longest winning streaks in the country sitting at 14 uh, really weren't tested much at all in the Mac uh, conference tournament. Mar- uh, Marist ended up being in that championship game and uh, they blew them out towards the end. Now it looked like your cover was good until it wasn't there. If you took the Marist red foxes, but uh, I know we were doing this show on Sunday and one of your first bets, maybe your first bet was Iona. So are you still liking the Gales here uh, in this four thirteen matchup? Yeah, Arkansas and Iona, the first two bets that I did make. So Patino is going to be off to St. John's, you would think. He's got a 27-win team here. It's very solid defensively, 65 points per game. I think it mirrors UConn in some ways. But the big advantage for the Huskies, they're much stronger, more physical inside, and that's my biggest concern with this game. I do like Walter Clayton for Iona, 43% three-point shooter. Jenkins, another good guard. Uh, Nelly Jr. Joseph, 6'9 forward, who gives the um, the Gales some uh, beef, I guess, under the basket to battle with the, the Big East front line. That's my biggest concern is that front line. UConn opened minus 11. I thought that number was too high. Uh, I got nine and a half here with the Gales. Patino's a coaching genius. It's going to be an ego game for him. He doesn't want to get kicked around by Danny Hurley. He's going to be in the Big East next year. I'm taking the points with Patino. I think this is going to be a tight game. I think UConn escapes and probably wins by, you know, like three or five or six, something like this. But uh, I'll take the nine and a half. Anytime you get a bunch of points with Patino, uh, you got to like your position. Yeah, Connecticut team that uh, early on in the season, they went out to Portland, won the PK 85, and uh, were number one in the country there for a good stretch uh, before hitting some rough spots in the month of January, actually, at one point in time, we're under 500 at four and five in the Big East. Uh, but they turned it around. I don't, think UConn, I don't think UConn ever got to number one, did they? Yeah. Yeah, they were. I think they were number one after the PK-85 when they beat they beat Alabama. They beat Oregon. They beat Iowa State. And uh, they were also number one in Ken Palm there for, I think, a week or two uh, there right before Christmas. But uh, UConn. As you mentioned, just this kind of gauntlet of the West region. All right, uh, to the 6-11 game, and before we get to the TCU game, uh, Arizona State-Nevada. Uh, you love wetting, betting the West region because uh, the play-in game on uh, fr- on Wednesday is Arizona State taking on Nevada. Um, I agree with you. I think you're a little more passionate than I was, but Nevada being in this field is a joke, um, and Arizona State is a two-point favorite against Nevada Wednesday night in Dayton, and this is the West region. Uh, they win that game. They head out to Denver. Uh, so Arizona State, Nevada, Matt, real quickly, uh, what do you like here? A lot of storylines with this game. Uh, Sun Devils have two players who transferred from Reno in the offseason. Desmond Cambridge, who hit that 60-footer to beat Arizona and Tucson and Warren Washington. And it looked like uh, Wolfpack are going to be pretty bad this year after those guys deserted the program. But Steve Alford did a great job. He had the, the Wolfpack in position, or if they just win one of their final three games, I thought they were locked to get into the field. And they lose to Wyoming, UNLV, and San Jose as a significant favorite in all three games. I, I didn't think there was any way the Wolfpack were getting in. The dangerous thing here is, you know, when you, when you have a team that everybody says does not deserve to be in the field and everybody wants to bet against that team, a lot of times that team shows up and wins a game. And I, I hate that about this matchup because nobody thinks Nevada deserved to be in the field after that three-game losing streak against non-tournament teams. 
And a lot of times those teams end up uh, shutting everybody up and proving them wrong. But in Arizona State, such a volatile team. That's just Bobby Hurley's personality. Uh, but I think Arizona State's better. And um, Sun Devils have been here before, played in the first four. I just don't like the way the uh, Wolfpack finished the season. I give a slight edge to Arizona State here. I bet the Sun Devils minus one when it opened, and uh, I still like it. I still like the Sun Devils. It's anything less than three, I would play it. <clears throat> and um, I think if, if when you really break down Nevada's final three performances, poor shooting. They didn't get much out of Will Baker, who's a versatile inside-out guy, and uh, too many turnovers. There's not too many positive signs here to make you think that they can just flip the switch and beat Arizona State. And I did like the way the Sun Devils handled USC in the Pac-12 tournament. I thought that was one of their better performances uh, this season. So I'm going to go with Bobby Hurley over Steve Alford. I think it's going to be a, a back-and-forth type of game, but I like Arizona State to come out ahead and cover the short number. So we don't have a line, of course, because we don't know the matchup. But when you look at TCU, they're the sixth seed in this region. Uh, we'll get to uh, the region odds. They're 10 to 1 to emerge out of the region. Um, you know, I really like this team uh, when they got uh, when they got healthy. healthy. Mike Miles returned. Um, you know, it looked like they were going to be ready to roll. They, they dropped 100 on Oklahoma State, uh, mm-hmm. had that loss against Kansas, but then turned it around, beat Texas Tech on the road by one. Uh, they beat Texas at home. Um, so, you know, this TCU team, Matt, uh, is this a team you're looking to back at all? Uh, the Eddie Lampkin who's is, you know, is not great uh, as he has now entered the transfer portal. Uh, so that's uh, quite uh, quite the loss for uh, this TCU team. I don't know if it is a loss. The way TCU played after Lampkin left the team, maybe it's addition by subtraction. You know, he might have been a problem in the locker room. And just based on some of the stuff I've read, maybe the team's happy to have him gone. I don't know. It's hard to say when you're not in the locker room. But on the floor, it looks like it would be a loss. I thought the funniest moment of the CBS tournament selection show Sunday night was when uh, they're going through the brackets. And uh, he says, I think it's Greg Gumbel, the host, is Seth Davis. What What jumps out to you about this region? Jay Wright, what jumps out to you? Clark Kellogg, what do you see? And Clark Kellogg says, when I'm looking at the West, keep your eye on those Texas Froghorns. They're a terrific team. <laughs> Who the hell are the Texas Froghorns? And did, 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 did the Texas Longhorns and TCU Horned Frogs join forces to form an all-star team? Well, That'd be a pretty good team if they did uh, that, though. If they, if they did do that, would they be the favorites to win the tournament, Tim? The Texas Froghorns. I think the Texas Froghorns would be a tough team to beat. That would be uh, that would be a challenge there. <laughs> I couldn't stop. I, I replayed that, I recorded it, and replayed it five times. That's what he said. The Texas, keep your eye on those Texas Froghorns. Okay, um, I think that's that's going to be a tough second round game for TCU, no matter what. And then the winner is probably going to get Gonzaga right after the Zags get past Grand Canyon. So, man, what a tough bracket on bottom with TCU, either Arizona State or Nevada, Gonzaga, Northwestern, Boise, UCLA. Man, that is a really tough uh, bottom half bottom half of the bracket there. I've, I've got Gonzaga advancing past TCU. And, Tim, I'll go ahead and talk about that game because 
since February 1st, the Zags are the number one team in college basketball in offensive efficiency. Now, they're not very good on the defensive end. So that's something that uh, kind of a contrasting styles matchup against TCU, which is a better defensive team. But I think Gonzaga is playing so well on the offensive end right now that uh, you would have to favor the Zags. And I like the Zags to advance in them if, if it turns out to be a TCU-Gonzaga matchup. Yeah, and you think about it, just looking ahead – Matt, uh, Gonzaga right now, 16-point favorite against Grand Canyon. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lay 16, but I'm, I'm certainly not taking the points. Uh, I've, I've seen a little bit of Grand Canyon this year. Um, you know, they were able to emerge out of the whack, which, uh, you know, Utah Valley, a team that you know pretty well, uh, just choked that conference tournament away. Um, I mean, Gonzaga comes to Vegas, as, as we all know. I mean, Gonzaga becomes Spokane South. Uh, every year in uh, at the Orleans. Now this will be at T-Mobile, um, but you know Gonzaga. It's hard to deny since their loss to Loyola Marymount uh, at home, which is one of the most stunning results of the year. And you know, really, we had talked about it a lot, right? They were they were not playing well. Um, you know, barely beat San Francisco, barely beat Santa Clara, eked one out against BYU, and then lost to Loyola Marymount. It felt like, you know, they were getting a little too close to the sun. And since then, January 21st, since the loss to Loyola Marymount at Bart Torvik, which is about, what, a seven-week span? They're the best team in the country. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the defense is certainly something to be worried about. But this is an offense that, uh, as crazy as it sounds, because, you know, last year they had, you know, Chet Holmgren. Two years ago, it was Jalen Suggs. I mean, these teams have been... Uh, you know, shoot, two years ago, they had uh, Corey Kispert, too, and Drew Timmy. I mean, they were loaded, and then they, you know, get blown out uh, in the national championship by Baylor. It feels like this Mark Few squad was going under the radar. Maybe they woke some people up by their dominating performance against St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference Championship game, but, I mean, if they make it to the Sweet 16, they're going to have a whole crap load of fans here in Vegas. I think they ultimately come out of this region, to be honest. Um, but at four to one, as we get to those odds in a little bit, uh, four to one to me, not enticing enough uh, for me to, to pull the trigger on a future to win this region. But I, I think because of the UCLA injuries, uh, I like Gonzaga to come out of this, this region. Okay. I'm going with UCLA, but it's going to be right. a, it was a tough call because UCLA, obviously not the same team. We'll talk about it here in a second. All right, Northwestern and Boise State, another bet that you had on opening night. So you were uh, you were you were firing away in this West region. That's why I was glad to to break it down with you. Northwestern has flipped to a favorite, uh, depending on where you look, either one one and a half point favorite against Boise State. This game will be played in Sacramento on uh, on Thursday. Uh, this will be a 7:35 Eastern, 4:35 local tip there in Sacramento. Purple Cats and the Broncos, Matt. Yeah, I took the Purple Cats plus one here. The Mountain West is going to have to prove it to me. Uh, this, I'm pro Mountain West, but this conference has uh, flopped in March. Eight straight losses, 10 of the last 11. And I actually think Boise and uh, Utah State and San Diego State each have a decent chance to win a game here. The Mountain West win total, I think, is one and a half. 
Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Mountain West fares here with uh, four teams in, including Nevada, in the play-in game. I think it would probably even play over that win total of one and a half, considering Nevada's in the play-in game. So I don't like Boise here, but it's kind of a coin flip spot. Northwestern stumbled a little bit down the stretch. Lost a couple games to Penn State, but I, I'm leaning on the veteran backcourt here. I'm going to go with uh, Chase Adige and Boo Booey when you got senior guards. We always say that's what wins in March. And um, I've never been blown away with this Boise State team. It's good, not elite in any one area. And uh, I think Boise's a lot better at home than on the road. You could say the same thing about Northwestern. Much, much different team at home than on the road. But uh, I took the Purple Cats plus one. I actually thought they should have opened as a one-point favorite. So it's not a big deal when you're talking about plus one or minus one. Uh, but – I did play the Purple Cats here for something. And then the last one, Matt, two versus 15, UCLA and UNC Asheville uh, in Sacramento. UCLA, two in Ken Palm. Uh, I have a future on them. Don't feel great about it because Jalen Clark done for the year. They still have Jaime Jaquez. They still have Tiger Campbell. Uh, Adem Bona should be back after missing the Pac-12 championship. Uh, against Arizona, which was a hell of a uh, back-and-forth game. Uh, maybe not the uh, premier shot-making performance, but a uh, big number here. UCLA laying 18 against UNC Asheville with a total of 134. UNC Asheville, the champs out of the Big South Conference, mm-hmm. uh, running the conference there, beating the Campbell Camels in the championship game uh, over a week ago, winning that game 77 to 73 so a big number here matt uh with a team that you really believe in in ucla but as mentioned no clark in the absence of jalen clark's a big deal because he's one of the top five defensive players in college basketball most likely some say he's the best defensive player when the when he's on the floor ucla allows 0.82 points per possession which is outstanding without him on the floor much different defense not as effective and um he also scores 13 points a game, so he does a lot of things. And even with him in the rotation, Mick Cronin was only playing six guys significant minutes. UCLA is a great defensive team. You just lost your best defensive player, and you don't have much depth. So that's a problem. Also, the Bruins coming off a Pac-12 tournament, where it's probably a, an exhausting experience. And they lost to Arizona in a close game. they got to be a little bit frustrated by that because they dominated the conference and then that shorthanded – on Saturday night, they lose to Arizona, and uh, that was got to be a frustrating situation for Mick Cronin. I think that UNC Asheville is a very intriguing team. 27-7, and seven, Drew Pember, 6'10 senior, 21 points, 9.5 rebounds, big, big South player of the year. Pember attempted and made more free throws than any other player in the country, 262 of 314 from the line, 83%. You also got Tajon Jones. 6'5", senior guard, 15 points a game, 45.6% from three, 98 threes made in 34 games. This is a team with some offensive uh, potential. And when you're when you're betting a big dog, like I said, and getting a bunch of points, you want a good three-point shooting team, a guy who can score in the post, a guy who can make free throws, Drew Pember is that guy. So I think it's also going to be a situation where you might catch UCLA – a little bit less than fully focused, and we know they're already shorthanded. So I'm going to play this one. I'm taking uh, Asheville plus 18. 
You know, I'm going to take uh, Asheville in the first half, plus 10 and a half. Uh-huh. And, you know, you mentioned Drew Pember. You mentioned Tejon Jones, uh, Kayla Burgess, uh, another senior on their team. Senior, senior, senior. I mean, this yeah. is a team loaded with experience. Drew Pember started his career at Tennessee. Uh, Kayla Burgess started his career at Hofstra. So these are some guys that, you know, have played some some decent level college basketball. Tejon Jones, this is his fifth year there at, uh, at UNC Asheville. So... Look, you're looking at a shorthanded UCLA team. Um, like you said, just had a war of a game against uh, Arizona. Um, and uh, they are in Sacramento, but I like the fact that this is a Thursday game. Uh, you know, it's the late night game, so, you know, maybe the juices aren't going. But 10.5 available at DraftKings, 10 is pretty much uh, readily available. So, yeah, you've kind of talked me into it. So I think I'm going to take UNC Asheville here on the first half. Uh, before we get to our best bet recap, Matt, um, I use the BetMGM odds, as we always say, shop around. But here are the odds to win this region. UCLA is the favorite at 3-1. to one. Kansas plus 350. Gonzaga 4-1. to UConn 5-1. to one. And then you get a little longer. St. Mary's 10-1. to one. TCU 10-1. to one. Arkansas 20-1. to one. Illinois 25-1. to one. Uh, Who do you think emerges from this region? And is there a region bet that you think is worth looking at? Sure. I picked UCLA to come out of the region because UCLA was going to be my pick to win the whole tournament before the Jalen Clark injury. And I still think they're good enough to get to the final four, but I got to tell you that UCLA UConn games kind of a, a coin flip. And I think UConn might be the best value bet here in this region. You said five to one, right? Five to one at bet MGM. Yeah, and you, you know, you can play the mechanical parlays if you want to and roll it over or whatever. But for our purposes, I think UConn's the best value play there at five to one. Yeah, Gonzaga intrigues me a little bit at four to one, but I don't think it's uh, it's good enough for me. So, uh, but I, I have Gonzaga coming out of this region, but uh, I have a future on UCLA. So I certainly wouldn't be heartbroken if uh, if the Bruins can figure to come out of this region here. So uh, there you have it. Let's uh, let's get to a little best bet recap. Best bet recap. All right, Matt, you were firing away, so. West region best bets for you, sir. I've got Arkansas minus two, VCU plus four, Iona plus nine and a half, uh, Arizona State minus one, Northwestern plus one, and UNC Asheville plus 18. So that's what I got in the West. And Tim, by the way, when you're playing dogs, you and I have talked about this before. If you want to split your unit and play half in the first half, half in the game, sometimes that's an effective way to play it. Because like Asheville, you think, oh, they stick around in the first half and then maybe get blown out uh, down the stretch in the final 10 minutes. That happens a lot of times to some of these underdogs in the tournament. So keep that in mind if uh, you're interested in playing something that way. All right. Uh, my list is much shorter than Matt's. Uh, I'm going to tail you on Arkansas. I like Eric Musselman this time of year. Uh, I think they're going to be fired up for this spot. And uh, Illinois is just very inconsistent. So uh, I'll roll with uh, Wu Pig Suey as well. And then UNC Asheville first half. Ten and a half is out there at DraftKings or, uh, or take ten. So uh, hopefully UNC Asheville ready to go and uh, keeps it close uh, against maybe a, uh, a UCLA team not fully focused. So those will be my uh, two plays here in this West region. We're going to do every region 
make sure you rate, review, most importantly, subscribe to the VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast. For Matt Humans. I'm Tim Murray. That was the West Region. Much more to come. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is Errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.